don't put a flower vase on top of the printer. But it looked like it was a woman <laughs> handing flowers to the printer. And the printer was like, no, I don't like flowers. I don't want to go to prom with I you. I have allergies. <laughs> Hello. And welcome to Sean's Did I Do That? Welcome. Brought to you by PSU <laughs> Graphic Design Department. Oh, God, no, they're not paying for anything. <laughs> Maybe I will just leave that as the intro. <laughs> hi, hi, everyone. Welcome to Did I Do That? As Alana has just mentioned, this is a show about the mistakes that we make on the way to making design because, because it's all part of the process. I am Sean Schumacher and joining me today, an amazing colleague, a web developer, an artist, an instructor who has been just kind of laughing in in the absolute chaos of this studio (laughs) with me. Like Hello. 20 minutes. It's Alana Reese. Hi. 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 Thank you for I I love the the conceit of these shows where you are talking to someone for a long time and then and we have to be like oh hello oh hi funny nice meeting you here you. <laughs> it's so real is the thing it, so um yeah I want to describe the scene I'm looking at it's um, yeah <laughs> it's a dark dank broom closet yeah you walked into There's a hallway bare... that you'd never been in yeah. that you thought didn't exist yeah like i always go to the mail room and i swear i thought the building ended there but today there was a door like a magical door yeah and i saw all these <laughs> magical doors is word inside for the door that had names on it of, of like people i knew yeah yeah i i'm, I'm drinking a tea also <laughs> there's a single tea leaf that escaped from the bag oh, yes. and is just in my mouth. Can I swallow it? I have a good story about sipping. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go go right uh, ahead. And this will actually take us back to my first graphic design job. You're more on topic than I am, which I Thank appreciate you. greatly. <laughs> well, it's, it was the tea. The tea leaf brought me back. I think I wanted to be an artist most when I was a kid. Really? So in eighth grade, I had a teacher. I think his name was Mr. Schroeder. And he had do, been do, do, do. a commercial designer. Commer- what did he call himself? Commercial artist, Advertising maybe? Or- guy he had used so much rubber cement in his lives in his life maybe he had multiple lives but (laughs) (laughs) so sticky all of them fingerprints left oh no yeah so he couldn't travel like it was really weird he couldn't go out of the united states because he couldn't get a pass i don't know is it is it possible that he had been some sort of spy who had maybe double crossed someone and this was just a fun excuse that he came up with it's possible. Yeah. 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 He seems like the kind of guy. But um, so <laughs> I took this class. Maybe it was called graphic design or communication design or something. I think it was the only art class we had at my middle school. It was really powerful because we did so much stuff. We did hand lettering. He spent so much time on 2D and 3D and 4D and 12D. Um, <laughs> That's did, too many Ds. Yeah. Well, all the Ds. And, um, and he would we would mark us down for like the tiniest, tiniest little faults where the where the points oh, met. God. And he wouldn't let us use erasers. Uh. And he was just like really fussy. And I kind of loved it. 
because I was really good at pleasing him with my fussiness. Oh, that but and that is a magical feeling, though. When, it is. when someone is persnickety like that yeah. and you can you you give them what they want and they're happy with it. Yeah. yeah. And then I went to Foothill and De Anza College and De Anza is kind of like where you go if you want to work at Apple because they're right down the street. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Apple loves pirates and, and pirates tend to not go, you know, not go the way of like four years college and all that stuff. Yeah. I took tons of photography classes, tons and tons of ceramics classes, painting classes, drawing classes, but they didn't have a lot in the way of design because it was so new. I started there in 1987. So oh, yeah. We're talking a, like I'm actually 107 years old. Um, <laughs> So we're talking oh, you're, a you're long a time, time ago. Yes. The communication design I took used dot matrix printers. And for those of you who don't know what a dot matrix printer is, <laughs> the, the paper is kind of folded in like a, a zigzag. Yeah. I, and then there's dots on the side and it's perforated. It uses this like horrible little weird printer head. Yeah. That just does it's like, like one character at a time. It's just like barf. It's like... <laughs> like semi-smallish pieces of barf. Yeah. yeah. So it barfs your design out and then you tear the perforation <laughs> off of the sides of the paper and then there's your design. So, <laughs> so we yeah, were design. Yeah, we were designing logos. Um, oh God, to print on these horrible... <laughs> in Mac Paint. We were designing wow. logos in Mac Paint and, you know, there were better computers, but this was like De Anza College. So, yeah, we were using Mac Paint on the like black and white <laughs> little... You know, so after that class, I decided I should hit up my friend who had convinced his parents that instead of using his college money to send him to college, that they should use it to let him open his own kind of upscale Kinko's plus design agency is what I would call it. All right. So he was a computer nerd. His dad worked at 3M. Joel Hornbeck. Hi, Joel. Hi, Joel. Uh, Dave Wilcox. Hi, Dave. Hi, Dave. Um, I don't know any of you, but yeah. I'm, I'm saying hello as yeah, well. They're nice people. And my boyfriend for a while, Michael Whitney. Hi, Michael. Hi, Michael. <laughs> I, I can't list everyone, so I'm going to keep going. Um, <laughs> They'll be included at the credits yeah, at the yeah, end. Yeah, there you go. Special they, thanks. They had really good computers. Like, they actually had a Mac 2FX. You only needed to smoke half a cigarette to get through a, a Photoshop filter. <laughs> And we did design for people. And the other really cool thing. So this is 89. Photoshop beta version came out in 1989. Oh, wow. So our friend Harrison, who worked at Adobe, got us Adobe beta. Holy hell. Yeah. This is the beauty of Silicon Valley is like you always know somebody. Yeah. You know? Designers were coming in, renting our computers by the hour. And we were like tutoring them, <laughs> teaching them Photoshop. Wow. Yeah. And a lot of traditional designers were coming in to like learn the new tools because desktop publishing yeah. was the new term and everybody was like, dang, I better get on board, you know? Put but away my Ruby lift. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and your spray adhesive oh, God. and your blue grid paper. You used to like have this blue grid paper. You would hopefully be outside because spray adhesive would just... <laughs> Kill oh, you'd never be outside for sure. Yeah, but never with a respirator or anything. No, 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 no. no. But you'd spray down this like grid paper and then paste pieces of paper <laughs> onto it. And then you would send it to an offset printer to have it printed. So, yeah, we were doing this with PageMaker. Cork Express had come out around then. Freehand, Illustrator. Wow. We still had some a lot of Cricut Draw projects, too, in the beginning. So I, I hit up my friends Joel and David and Michael and was like, hey, I want in on this. They had all these tutorial tapes that people would come in and take. Had they made the tutorial tapes? No. Or were they 
these there Adobe was this, They had bought them. No, they weren't from Adobe. I learned Illustrator 88 from cassette tape. <laughs> I would put my headphones on and I would. Did it also help you stop smoking as you were sleeping? Oh, no. Oh, kind of the opposite effect. Yeah. There was a lot of smoking (laughs) in those days. Don't smoke, kids. Don't smoke, kids. It was amazing. And I made, I think, $2.15 an hour because, no, it was even less than that. It was like $795 a month. For, and we worked all hours of the day. We never left. But that was my college. Yeah. And it was amazing. It was so fun. You were in with the right group of people who were like I, yeah. out there doing things and like yeah. pushing, pushing at the edges. Yeah. I saw the opportunity and was like, that's me. I got it. I got this. <laughs> When you were messing around with like Illustrator and Photoshop back then, did you think that 30 years later people would still be actually using them? I don't know that I thought about it. I I don't think that I had. I was was 18, 19 years old. You're just in the moment. I was just like, things are changing, you know? Yeah. I'm on the wave. I'm riding the wave. That's what I thought. That's such an amazing wave to be on, though. Um, The T. The T. So, yeah. So I was working at Computer Generation. And is that the name of the place? Yes. So awesome. One of our clients, because we're really smart and we're all between the ages of 18 and 21, coffee is really important. There was this guy who owned a coffee place called Coffee Society. It was a huge hangout. It was right across the street from Deanza College. Everybody was there. It was the hip, cool place to be. <laughs> So we did the hottest club in the Bay Area is Coffee Society. Coffee Society. So we did all of their stuff, like all the stuff, any design stuff they needed. We did it. We updated all their slider signs for like what kind of coffees they had and whatever. Oh, and we photographed all of their coffees. That was always my favorite day, except one day we did a quadruple mocha. And um, I think I'm still coming down off that one. I drank it after oh, we photographed no. it. So that was the thing is you photograph it and then you can't just let it go to we waste. Can't, what, what are we going to do? Throw and, this away? And then the big question is, like, does a quadruple mocha look different than a regular mocha? Does it? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm guessing no is the answer. Yeah, but I drank it. So I'm in computer generation by myself one day. I'm hanging out. I'm sipping my coffee. And lots of people were always um, stopping in and saying, wow, what is this place? So these two women came in and just... Just as they came in the door, I took a sip of my coffee and there was um, some like a chunk of tea leaf in it. Oh, and I was like, Ugh. Oh. and I was like rolling it around in my tongue, like between my tongue and the roof of my mouth. Like, what is that? What is that? <laughs> feeling Why is it, it in coffee? Feeling it in my mouth. Oh. And then I, I, uh, I pulled it out and it was a fly. Ah! It was a fly. It wasn't from Coffee Society. I'm sure it just crawled in there at some point. <laughs> And I started like, I just completely freaked out. I was like, like immediately right after they asked the question (laughs) and ran into the bathroom and started washing my mouth. And they wait. They waited, and I came out. And I they, was like, waited? they waited. They waited. They were probably worried about me. <laughs> so I'm, yeah, I feel like I would be like computers. No, fuck this. No, I'm I'm gonna go hide in a cave somewhere. I don't want any part of this. Yeah, that's wild. That's my tea leaf story. <laughs> Mm -hmm. well coffee society get your shit together i think is the lesson for this 
Stop <laughs> stop letting flies get into your yeah. extremely caffeinated beverages. Yeah. I wonder if the lids were the same back then as they were now. I kind of think they were. I have a memory of a kind of lid. I have the, the classic lid on this mm-hmm. uh, cup from Crema. Crema, the place where I get coffee sometimes. Delicious. Except not coffee because mm. I don't drink this. But the lid is kind of the classic coffee lid now where there's just the little... The little tiny hole, little. the tiniest hole that you can possibly have yeah. in so a lid. Maybe a fly got in there before they put the lid on. I don't know. But I remember when I was very little going to the Winchell's Donut mm-hmm. place, which was where we hang up. We hanged out as childs. Um, <laughs> and cars only drove oh. into it just sometimes. But I remember uh, the lids on all their beverages were were the kind where there was like a flap. Yeah, those were old open. school. Like they were they were already old school. We were like yeah. we were new school. We I, were part of the new coffee generation back then. But I love the flap. The flap, the flap was flap very is good. Nice. They could, still. Oh, oh no! I was going to say Dutch Brothers has the flap, but they have the teat. They have. <laughs> Okay, well, now we have to talk about that. Yeah. What is the design of coffee cup lids? The teat, it's, uh, I love the teat. So they have a blue (laughs) lid. What could be? Blue lid, and it it protrudes up out of the lid. Okay. And then there's like a hole, and it's like, it's like suckling from the caffeine teat. I don't know if you can keep that in. Is that, no, that's is this a rated R show? Yes, the, uh, we're we're officially. I think we've crossed into the explicit territory uh, of <laughs> iTunes long ago. Oh, then I can talk about my my dad. My dad also. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great! We're rated R. Let's talk about my dad. Uh, my dad also got computers um, as, as, as pay. <laughs> I'm broken you now. Were, you were talking about how your dad got computers as pay. Oh, yes. I learned this technology because my dad has been doing voiceovers since 1978, maybe. Oh, wow. He was a radio DJ, one of the very first morning DJs, and he's worked in commercials for a long, long time. Cool. And I've designed many terrible logos for him. So Yay. Yeah, isn't that the I'm, best when you get to do the worst design for oh, your family members? Or it wasn't intentional friends? is the problem. I know. <laughs> I thought it was good at the time. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Dad. So my dad, he uh, he was a technical writer. So he would work on a lot of computers and we'd get free computers. So Ooh. yeah, it was cool. I got... Um, I think it was called a CRT, but it was all command line. Um, and I did a lot of poetry on it. I learned that much, but there was no graphics. So then he got, I remember he got his first color monitor and I was already, Whoa. I was already in Macworld. So I was like, you're so cute, dad. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your command line, yeah. old man. But Yeah, totally. But he was so excited because he got a color monitor. And the very first thing he showed me, I guess I was 19 or 18 or 19 at this point. Um, he was very excited that he found like X-rated colored ascii art (laughs) was this on a like a bbs or something no i don't well probably yeah yeah i'm sure he yeah he probably got it off a bulletin board somewhere so yeah he was so proud he's like look look it's in full color and i'm like dad i'm your Um, one i'm your daughter and two that's troubling you're so sad Oh, uh, yeah. The Internet's always been this way is the important thing to know. <laughs> Even true. before the Internet was a thing, yeah. the Internet was was the way that it is right now. Yeah. Before show, actually, we were talking about parking because we had I had a disastrous, disastrous experience oh, no. with Parking Kitty where it told me that I didn't park right. And then it 
was fine it turned out um parking <laughs> kitty is a very bad piece of software that we have here in Portland. i like it because it meows and it's pink well that's the terrifying part so first of all it's super annoying because everything has a five digit code which is just completely unmemorable <laughs> so you're like five six three yeah, and seven it, it only nine remembers three of them too yeah i hate that oh it's terrible so you're thrown off your game by entering things in the system and then you kind of just forget about parking kitty for a long time and then if you're me a person who say was cat sitting for a friend <laughs> and was driving for like the first time in three years in in that friend's car and you're just on the highway and then all of a sudden you hear out of your pocket the most realistic high fidelity <laughs> that you've ever heard in your life it makes you want to remove all your skin and just hop 27 feet in the air was it plugged into the stereo, though? Is no, it? that oh. was the thing. That made it extra terrifying because it was like that slightly muffled thing of like your phone in your pocket. <laughs> the cat is in your like pocket the cat, right now? Well, like the cat was like, I don't know. <laughs> I knew something was terribly wrong. Something was awry. Um, but yeah, it turned out to just be parking. <laughs> so I think my blood pressure never completely came down from... <laughs> that level because i'm pretty sure what i did do was i like pulled the car over and i like yeah where's the cat where's the cat like i dug <laughs> through every crevice but it was fine because it was just parking kitty didn't amazon have a meow for a while when you added things to the cart or did i just make that up maybe oh i don't know maybe i feel like they did for a little while and i was pretty happy about it <laughs> that that seems like a more fun and freewheeling amazon than yeah. the one of today that seems to it just kind of want to crush worker super, rights yeah <laughs> it's part of uh, Jeff Bezos's sort of transition into just truly being Lex Luthor. Mm -hmm. he's, yeah, he's he's got a fashion towards... mood board and it's just pictures of Lex Luthor you know from the Super do, Friends though? cartoon. He could get a nose job to look more like Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's coming next. He needs to be more aerodynamic for all his important space work. And yeah, the like, nose has got to go. If he can figure out how to kill Superman and Harry Potter just in one kind of go, that's mm -hmm. really that's going to that's going to be very convenient for mm -hmm. him. Speaking of more design topics. <laughs> No sure. <laughs> Noses actually came up in the car with my 11-year-old daughter. Oh, really? Yeah. I feel like I'm training her to be like a UX, UI person because she questioned, why do people have noses? And she said, you know, Voldemort doesn't have a nose. No. So why do humans have noses? And I was like, that's a really good question. So we thought about all the reasons why a nose would be a good idea. One was like, if you walk into a wall, you're going to break your <laughs> nose before you hurt your brain. <laughs> That was one. One is that like if it's flat, the rain's just going to drip into it. Sure. That's gross. And yeah. then if you have like a snotty nose, it's going to be more embarrassing. A lot of filtration happening. Voldemort is not getting much filtration. No, he's like. he's got sinus infections just all the time. Yeah. He seems like he's in hiding, but actually he's just. He, he can't go he's out. He's very considerate. He doesn't want people to get sick from his sinus oh, infection. That's... We had it all wrong. Oh, Voldemort. It turns out J.K. Rowling was the bad guy all along. <laughs> Whoops. Oopsies. Oops. The things we wish we knew 20 years ago. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's many reasons that nose is a good yeah. design, ultimately. Yeah, noses actually are a pretty darn good design. Good solve. I think especially the brain thing, because I did walk into a wall once and I <laughs> I guess I did it at such an angle that my nose didn't stop me. Oh, God. So, yeah. So I hit my forehead and had like a minor concussion. 
I was like very far from home. This was before there were cell phones or things to contact people with. I had to walk around um, quite a while until I got to a store to get a Band-Aid. And I walked, by the time I got there, there was like blood all over my face. So they looked really white and sheepish when I walked up to them and said, (laughs) can I have a Band-Aid? But yeah, if only my nose had stopped me. Yeah. It would have been great, though, if you just walked up to the counter and said, hey, do you got like a Powerade or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like pretend like just, everything's yeah, fine. Yeah, everything's, this is normal oh, this, for me. This is this my is tattoo. My look. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't give Post Malone any ideas. <laughs> he will do it. He will take any dare. Um, so you brought in some work. Alana. I did. I brought um, in work. From, I'm a from little your, scared. Your past days. You you were telling me before we started recording that you stacked up a bunch of hard drives that you've had over the years and yep. just like copied and printed off yeah. some very choice things. Yeah. The ones that still spin. I have such weird stuff in here. So I love it already. For the listener, Alana has pulled out this portfolio case that is just like bursting. Ancient portfolio case. And there's a mix of stuff in here. I actually... I, I was going to say I deleted, but I, uh, <laughs> I threw away time, time a lot of some the, of it for yeah. you, I'm sure. Well, I just like I just kind of went through stuff and said, why do I have this? <laughs> <laughs> so my friend Brian Temmerman had this punk record mail order catalog called Black Label. And so I started to work for him and we did paste up. We did like um, oh, wow. spray adhesive on the blue lined grid. This was the first uh, cover that I designed and I was really into kids crayons then. Yeah. So I designed the cover of Black Label in black crayon. So I'll kind of try to describe the feeling. It's kind of like a woodcut looking Yeah, thing it does almost. look kind of woodcutty. Yeah. There's a black border within like sort of triangles around white and black triangles. I've always been really into salamanders. So there's two salamanders flanking on the, bottom the corners. corners. And it says Black Label written out in black crayon. <laughs> <laughs> And it just says March. There's no other date on here. I love that we ne- we never remember to put the year. This, but like, I feel like this is a curse of anything from that era. Like the, the place that I used to work, like there were no dates on anything before the year yeah. 2000. Yeah. You got a pretty killer <laughs> set of <laughs> records on here. I'm seeing Gigi Allen on here. Yeah. Dead Kennedy's, Guar, Gorilla Biscuits, who I haven't heard of before. <laughs> Soundgarden, Susie. Oh, Operation Ivy. Hello. Adolescent. Nirvana. This is now more into my my musical scene. Minor Threat, Public Enemy, Social Distortion, Rudimentary Peni. That's a band name. (laughs) That's a band name. Wow. We're working on it. This is all paste up, though. So this is all all... paste up. Yeah. So I designed it on a computer. Yeah. But the printer that we used wanted paste up. Yeah. What I'm also loving, too, is this is all on newsprint, too, I should say. Yes. Uh, Yeah. I think we ended up later on charging them a dollar for catalogs, but we tried to keep it cheap so people could get a hold of the catalog. back of that one's really nice i'm uh, the one that i have it's mostly just a price sheet which is like oh yeah that's and, the and then inside like, of this this is one thing oh 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 oh! you got the part that has the order form the way that catalogs used to work you would get something like this and it would have like all the numbers of products and then like the very back of this is an order form where you could write in what you wanted in the format that you want the music and then include a signed check or money order with your order please submit a u.s funds order. only do not send cash don't do it two exclamation points there's there, a year on this one. Oh, there's a year what's yeah, the year 91 91 so it would have been right before my 21st birthday so imagine 
um, imagine yourself. I'm trying. Back in the day. <laughs> and you're a little punk in Nebraska where the only record stores are selling Michael Jackson. Maybe if you're lucky, you could get a Blondie album. Yeah. You know, police like that's as alternative as you're going to get. <laughs> and you're a little like punk skater kid and you want the good music. Maybe you found like a magazine that tells you stuff because there's absolute there's no Internet. It's not even a like I guess there was Internet, but it wasn't public. yet. Yeah. What did you find? I found um, this is the news comments, blah, blah, blah section. <laughs> nice. And the first subhead on here is more help, which reads in April, we hired two more employees, Aww. Kathy and Alana. Kathy is uh, Brian's mom. They have. <laughs> <laughs> how, did, how did we get Kathy on board? Um, they have been a great help in getting this catalog out and have started updating our database of music. They've been sifting through all the new release sheets we've been receiving and have started making flyers for distribution. And this is an italic, so it's very important. By early May, you should be seeing this flyer inserted into your orders. <laughs> I mean, if it's not, how would we know? We will also try to add notes to each entry describing a little bit more about either the release or the band. If this proves successful, we'll try adding notes to other items in future catalogs. Nice. So clearly you are a very important addition to the team. How did you? So were I, like the album covers, I'm sure, are not printed yeah. How, like did you just have a source for these little tiny albums because they're each page is That's just like such an interesting question because there wasn't internet there yeah. wasn't and mo- i'm sure most of these wouldn't the have catalogs, even been on it we were kind of like the middle person we represented many labels so that's a really good question i can't remember they must have sent us digital assets because yeah they probably had other places that yeah, I just um, had a major flashback too. I think that I recreated some of the designs because I don't think that we, I think we got a lot of faxes. Versus oh, really? Some of them. Yeah, I think I, I did a lot of taking what I had and then making. Wow. Yeah, because there there just wasn't, you know, you There's just have no... to make stuff up if you don't have it. Yeah, yeah. that's wild. I wonder, because I, I was thinking back recently about like when I was just starting out, like a lot of the things that we were doing were like, here's a very weird shape. And your job is to just look at this shape and with Illustrator figure out how to rebuild it. And I wonder if that's the kind of thing that that was meant to sort of gear you towards yeah maybe or just but like also it's just you know how to be a money launderer or something <laughs> <laughs> oh i have a good story about that <laughs> okay well now we now we're gonna have to touch on that yes oh okay maybe i'll leave out names <laughs> for sure leave I'll ch- out names I'll change, I'll change names to protect um, the innocent well one of the later on subheaders is give richard simmons a break so maybe just change the names in this to all be <laughs> richard, richard simmons, simmons a break. um I which i guess who- doesn't give him a break it implicates him in crimes <laughs> potentially <laughs> um but yeah black label and then i took it over from brian but i stopped because i got a job at apple after that and i was there 24 hours a day but it was so amazing to send people me music that they would have never been able to get a hold of. And I learned a ton the hard way, for sure. I did so much work and I made so little money. It was, <laughs> it was amazing. It was that's, really amazing. That's the arts for you, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. So I worked on a Fuji Xerox printer and it was a really interesting project because everything was in kanji. We had to oh, use Oh, this is like a proper systems. imported. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we were testing it. It was such a fun project in so many ways because the two guys that I worked with, who I will not name. 
<laughs> Who knows? Richard, well, Richard and Simon, we'll yeah, call them. But I will name Patrick because he was no way involved in the money um, situation. <laughs> um, hi, Patrick. I love saying hi to people. Hi, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, we worked all in kanji, which was hilarious because I didn't understand anything. That's actually a really good test of like an operating system. Yeah. If you can if you can figure it out yeah. without understanding the language, yeah. then, then they've designed it right. Yeah. But what it did was it made me not try to read dialogue boxes for the rest of my life. <laughs> Because I just always assumed that it was like in a language I didn't understand. So I just clicked the button before even attempting to read. Oh, wait, that was English. Dang it. Come back. It's it's trained you well for this era of everything needs a 10 minute walkthrough before you're allowed to use it. Um, this is what the OK button does. All right. Great. Thank you, software. Um, I love, sign up I love for our newsletter. <laughs> Hey, do you like our site you haven't seen yet? Please sign up for our Please newsletter for and we'll give newsletter. you 10% off of the products that you you've, you've, don't know you're about to look at. You've been on this site for exactly one tenth of a second. So yeah. you need to subscribe to hear all of Anderson Cooper's good thoughts just every day. <laughs> and he's definitely writing it. It's not yes. someone else. And also let's disguise the clothes box so you can't ever, ever oh, get to the Oh, that's the most important part. You, yeah. Maybe the way to get rid of the dialogue is also you have to say like, I don't want to get smarter. That's my favorite form of that. Oh, I do love that. I don't want to save money. I hate saving I wish money. It, I wish it said like, I don't want to save money by spending money, which is really what it should say. <laughs> so we worked on this Fuji Xerox printer and it was really incredible. It was comparable to the Fiery, which I think is still around. I think that um, CopyPilot still uses a Fiery. Who was that? What is it? A fiery printer. It's like a it's a wax transfer. So it's not it, it's not inkjet. It's not laser print. It's wax transfer. And you have these wax sheets that are on plastic. Lots of plastic is involved. Tons of plastic. It's like a waxy ink. And there's four different drums. Okay. And it's a four color printer Whoa. that's affordable and really good quality. Wild. Yeah. So the Fuji Xerox was one of those. It was a wax transfer printer. Okay. And we printed all day long. That was our job was to test the printer so we printed from cork express and from like from different versions of photoshop of illustrator of freehand of all this page maker you know the big five is what they called them it was really fun because the fuji xerox manual which was also in all kanji so i couldn't read any of it <laughs> had the most incredible nothing incredible illustrations and oh, they the were like the printer with like a scared freaked out look on its face like oh it was like a, a little cartoon drawing. And I just love them. One of them was like, don't put a flower vase on top of the printer. But it looked like it was a woman <laughs> handing flowers to the printer. And the printer was like, no, I don't like flowers. I don't want to go to prom with I you. I have allergies. <laughs> There was all kinds of cool illustrations like that. So I made all these like really cool print uh, posters. And then we had to do all Japanese paper. So like A4, A3, oh, sure. B4. Four B, you know, whatever yeah. B five. So, uh, not me or Patrick, uh, another employee, wanted to see how close to a real dollar bill he could make. So oh, God. he <laughs> he scanned it because it's a scanner copier. So he scanned it and then um, printed it, and then he spent like all day like smushing it in his hand to give it that oh. like that money fiber feeling, and it, it looked so realistic. But he only did the top because he didn't want to get in trouble. And also, hey, uh, note to all you kids out there, 
most printers put a microscopic serial number in all the prints. Yeah. So just don't do this. And most most of them now will not even let you like if you try yeah, to open up like even true. a kind of wrong image of a dollar bill, it will like yeah. barf out an error and say like, what are you doing? Yeah. The You're Secret Service is person. looking at you right now. <laughs> you are such a bad, bad, bad. How dare you try to Photoshop this dollar bill into a wacky scene? Yeah. <laughs> You're not allowed. No, Monopoly no, no. money only. And then he put it in his wallet to, what? Show, to show his friends. There's no way this is going to work out good. <laughs> no. No. Well, it, it did work out okay. And then... And then we're at lunch in the cafeteria. Thankfully, it was the cafeteria of the of the company. <laughs> and he he like pulled out his wallet and went, "Oh shit!" <laughs> and <laughs> yep, you guessed it. But God, he and he, you know, the crazy thing is that um, he went and explained it to the cashier, and she was cool. And so they took all the bills out and went through them all. And couldn't find it. They wow. Had to, they had to go through it twice. Well, I can see why you're not allowed to do that now. Yeah. I've always thought, like, I'm sure the copy would be so apparent, but I guess not. No, it was. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this one mentions my friend um, Bradley, who, of course, Bradley worked at Computer Generation. Sorry, Bradley. <laughs> Sorry, Bradley. Um, Bradley is still a very, very close friend. He's like a he's like my brother. Make sure Bradley knows that the text is a fifth color separate screen that is incredibly important, as you know, in, oh. par- in parentheses. This feels like my favorite thing to do when I have to send a major file to a printer, which is like yeah. the notes to the printer about all the things that are kind of slightly broken. <laughs> yeah, <the> totally. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you take the paper and jiggle it three times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this looks like it folds one way, but actually I want it to fold a very weird way that yeah. you're going to be very angry about. Yeah. That's then, usually the version of that for me. Here's a diagram about how bad I want this folded. <laughs> and then the last line. So this is a letter to me and it says, thanks a lot for your help and time and all that shit. So <laughs> This is a super, super Truly professional. I kept going for a little bit longer till I started at Apple. And then <laughs> the worst like band the worst um like band poster ever look at that kerning i was really into lots of space well you know i think such was the style of the time yeah i think Um, michael actually did that one i'm holding it backwards i mean you can tell this is my swivel faust yeah so los angeles then became blur no they didn't become blur that would be crazy (laughs) wow yeah it's worked out good for swivel faust yeah uh, no, it became slur because that was when all the bands had four letters. <laughs> and then that was um, just what was available. Yeah. And it, then it was the clown penis dot fart of its time. <laughs> Peni. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then this is uh, a CD design. Also amazing. Like uh, justified. Oh, font yeah. That's like basically Three inches between letters is what that is. Yeah. This is also the, the era of kind of like faux 1930s deco like typefaces, yeah. really mm-hmm. skinny and totally very, Gatsby and very whatnot. tall. Yeah. But you're also like leaning into kind of the digital grunge yeah. aesthetic. Yeah. I like to call it mystery meat. The David Carson era of we're angry at you because you chose to look at this. Yeah. David Carson. Yeah. I always wanted to have a band called Post No Bills. <laughs> 
You know, and that would be so genius. Your, your Twitter account is just you constantly railing against people who are trying to advertise your band. Stop. Stop <laughs> putting them up. Stop. Stop it. You're you're defacing this abandoned building yeah. with your wheat paste. But also, like, nobody would ever take your posters down. No. Well, and people named Bill would have a very hard time going to your shows because they would think that they're not allowed. Oh, yeah. yeah. Maybe the band's name is Post and there's no Bills allowed. <laughs> So I'm Post, sure there's Post a Malone's band. definitely in the band. Who else is in the band? <laughs> Who else has the first name Post? Uh, the Cereal Company. So mm-hmm. they're there. Um, mm-hmm. Honey Bunches of Oats, the hardest cereal that humans have ever produced. Mm-hmm. You can use it to cut diamonds. Um, <laughs> and then... Um, uh, That's it. Yeah, Somebody named uh, No. <laughs> and then there's two bills, the, the there's two bills in the band. The Japanese play style. Yes, no. <laughs> um, and then... Bills. Yeah, two of them. Yeah, two of them. Sometimes three, but (laughs) the other one's kind of flaky. The sports team? He's the the extra drummer, yeah. Football, maybe? (laughs) Uh, I think that's what they do. Oh, the Bills, right? The Bills. The sports. There's so many sports. Yeah, I'm not good at the sports. No, nor am I. That's why I'm doing this. That's why (laughs) I'm trapped in a room on, I believe, the warmest day. It's really amazing, and we're in a windowless, uh, a windowless. Yeah, uh, I don't know when this is coming out. I'm sure it will actually be properly warm by the time that happens. But outside, it is glorious. Yeah, there's sunshine. Weather. This is a feature of Portland that is called the February fakeout. Yeah, where you think, oh, winter's over. And then um, it lasts usually a week. Um, I hope. And then, I hope. Oh, if we could get a week out of this, this would be glorious. But I don't think mm-hmm. we will. I think it's going to rain again. Mm. But after the February fake out, it will just rain and be cold. And sometimes it will just sort of barf snow. It's usually not good snow that emerges after the February fake out. It's just yeah, kind of but sometimes it's slimy. really good. At, like It falls and then it melts and then freezes and then more snow piles on top. That's my favorite. <laughs> That's so always you, the best. You, when you're really just the the antithesis of traction. Every time that happens, I'm reminded of the video many years ago of two people who were out on one of these icy days. Um, oh, the joggers. The joggers. My favorite. Do you want to describe the jogger? Okay. So there's a couple and they're jogging. It's nighttime and there's a newscaster yeah. um, interviewing him. The woman's like, yeah, it's really nice out. You know, it's like no big incredible deal. It's for incredible for jogging. incredible. Yeah. So the camera pans out and we we watch them jogging away and then the the girl slips and falls on her patootie like 10 feet from where the yeah. interview was yeah. was happening it's <laughs> it's not it's not good <laughs> Along it's that line difficult. that is also my favorite is this newscaster. Probably she was new to the job because why else would they force anyone to go out in such weather? But she drew the short straw. Yeah. The wind is insane. It's Ugh. raining. There's waves crashing, like crashing over the barricade. Oh, And good. this woman is trying to speak, but you can't he- really hear anything she's saying. And her hair is whipping around. It's like completely insane. And she's like, hey, <laughs> and then all of a sudden from the sea comes a gigantic fish and it's like okay and it's like flap 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 and it hits her across the face and knocks her over it's the best what the internet is amazing this is a f- so there's just she's getting she got doused by face. waves and then just a fish giant is in fish. that a giant fish that's wild i hope she had a good dinner that night <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if she ate it. I would take that as a sign that the fish are angry with humanity and are preparing to do a bird style uprising against us. 
Maybe. Any sort of pescatarianism that would be in my mind would be just completely extinguished by <laughs> by my dangerous fish attack. Yeah. That might be the title I'd of this like, episode. I'd be like, that's it. I'm over. <laughs> dangerous fish attack. You have a book now that you I picked do. up. This is the unofficial guide to Photoshop CS2. This is one of those projects that started out so beautiful and ended in tears. So I was contracted by John Wiley and Sons. They oh, were, the very big yeah. uh, publishers of, of things yeah. like this. You know about the fast nickel and slow dime? No. Now that I've said this to you all, you're going to see it everywhere you go. But this is the concept <laughs> where you offer something for a really incredible price. Uh-oh. But it's always sold out, you know? And so oh, then, sure. then you upgrade because you're like, well, I really wanted that. But this one's only, you know, whatever more. So this it's pretty much the exclusive way that the car market works. Now. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Come get the Ford Maverick. Oh, we made two of them. Yeah. Oh, you're going to have to get an F-150. Whoops. Whoops, <laughs> whoops, whoops. I was contracted by John Wiley. I'd been writing technical articles. Wired had a subgroup called WebMonkey, if you oh, yes. remember. Yeah, so, I remember WebMonkey well. Yeah, WebMonkey was awesome. I wrote a few articles for them and I just have always loved writing. And so I was super excited. And so I sent them my table of contents. So when you get a book contract, the first thing you do is you give them a table of contents. And that's kind of like, here's what the book's about. And um, that was kind of when things started heading a little south. But... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I wanted it to be useful. <laughs> I wanted it to be like a journey of like, here you are, you want to learn Photoshop. Yeah. Here's how to get started. And also like professional tools that you need to like know how to print to different types of printers. And oh, know sure. How to know how to build graphics for different situations. And it turned into they wanted more like a recipe book because oh. they said that's what people like is recipe books. <laughs> So they, they hate the idea of practical knowledge. Yeah. I believed it was going to be in color. And then they said, well, you know, we're actually going to just have a small color section. That was when I had a small hissy fit. I was like, you're making I'm making a Photoshop book and there's it's not color. <laughs> That's cruel. Yeah. And then they were using a brand new template that they had never used. So, um, oh, that's going to be great. Too. Yeah. So publishers generally, they have a template. So all the styles are kind of built in, you know, they can um, they can keep their series kind of consistent mm -hmm. across all kinds of different titles. Yep. So there was a Photoshop book. There was a Dreamweaver book that my friend Lynn wrote. There were Excel books. It was a whole series. And they kept hearing from all the other editors that the pages weren't working out like when they went to print that they just weren't big enough oh and that's so, a, good so they didn't try printing them before say no, moving no. everyone over no, no, to no, this no. template that's no that's the best way of doing it yeah. for sure so they're like write more you have to write more you have to, <laughs> you have to you have to insert more chapters Why you have to write more 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 so it, I was like, okay. And they kept telling me more, more, more. So I, this thing ended up being 700. It's so, like, it's so thick and like 685, 686. Jesus. And I believe I thanked the bands that I listened to while writing this. That's, that's fun. Yeah. Let's see. What makes this book special? I think I have my contacts in the wrong eyes because I can't. Uh oh. Most Photoshop books. Well, the light is as bad as it could be in here. Cover only specific subjects or merely skim over the basics. This book was written to give you an in-depth understanding of the many aspects of Photoshop by giving you real-world projects. By the time you've picked through this book, 
you're only going to pick. You're not going to read it. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be, you'll be, oh my God, you'll be retouching photos like a pro and converting the color and exposure of JPEG and camera raw photo files. So uh, even if you do the artwork inside, the cover is often done by someone else. That was the sort of nail in the coffin was when I saw the cover, which they didn't send to me till after I finished writing it. I, oh, I cried. I it's cried. the least exciting this cover could be. It's so sad. The, I feel like, though, this was like the curse of news footage about computers for a long time is like, yeah, we don't we need know how to do anything so we're just going to take a photo of a monitor yeah yeah and a monitor the, with stuff on it it's like a science stock photo that they've gotten and mm-hmm. they're i don't even know what this variation screen is i think it's a part of photoshop that's been removed as incredible as that sounds yeah considering <laughs> that there's like parts from 1987 it's still amazing. in there but like it's not a arresting photo it doesn't make you go no it's so sad i want this for um, one the, so the color scheme is red white and blue because you can only get photoshop in america i guess i guess for when you want more than the official line i think it did better in japan actually than it did in the u.s um but you know (laughs) it was like i have to say that i used it myself for a long time there were things in there that were quite useful but it didn't do anything nobody wanted to buy it because it's so ugly it's so ugly and this is you know by this time people were making really nice looking photoshop book covers yeah it's photoshop you could do anything basically yeah the cover and if you really need to see what it looks like i think if you google unofficial guide to photoshop cs2 cs2 by alana spence the series with more than four million copies sold so the series the series but but i don't know how they could say that because a series with like 300 books in it yeah but also the series is basically they sell the books to the bookstores and then the bookstores sell them back if they don't sell oh the remainder so all you have to do is send out four million books <laughs> and so I'm pretty sure that's what it's, that it's means. It's a mystery why the publishing and bookstore worlds are both struggling so immensely. It's crazy. It's weird. It's crazy. So you've also got over there just a, a big pile of prints. It's so funny when you look at things and you think of them as one way in your mind. And then when you find them and you open them up and you're like, wow, that is not what I remember. <laughs> So, yeah, I had a website called Angry Pirate for a long time, angrypirate.com. And sadly, when I was in grad school, I I was not keeping on on top of my emails as one Uh does in grad school. And it expired and they want like $8,000 for it or something. Oh, you it got nabbed up by a domain squatter? Yeah. They're just like squatting on it and they refuse to sell it to me. I've sent them letters like, please, you don't understand. They're like, nope, give us the money. Well, in, in fairness to them, they truly were the Angry Pirates in this scenario yes so they were maybe it really and is every theirs, year ultimately. they pay more money for it <laughs> <laughs> was but, was arg arg I also, com yeah, after I also, angry pirate or yeah because i had to buy every single domain name on the planet and then <laughs> not really do anything with it so arg was arg.com which interestingly now is kind of like a pirated literary journal or art critical huh. journal site and they change the domain name quite often to have different number of R's or G's. 
and then they change the password. So it's this cool little I like love pirated that. like that's great journal thing. But yeah, it had a cannon, and the cannon would shoot cannonballs out of it. Oh, really? Yeah, it was super cool. I loved it. I wish that Flash still existed so I could show it. But every time I load it, it says, "I'm sorry, we do not uh, accept this platform anymore." You don't. You don't understand how dangerous this is. You don't want yeah, this. This is a dangerous tool that we yeah. have put to rest. It's it's so wild the extent to which they had to kill it. But now I teach people how to make things move without Flash. Yeah. It's getting um, more exciting. This stuff is so bad. So, <laughs> that's, so, but that's, oh, you're, you're just describing, like, I, I the aesthetics website. change so fast and the technology improves so fast that, like, no matter what level of website you are working on, it just looks bad, like, within two years. Yeah. So we, we never really talked about how I flipped to the to the dark side. Yeah, how did you how did you find cuz you're primarily in the development side. Yeah. You you build I build the stuff. Well, this is also like a distinction that kind of didn't exist for a long time where yeah. you, if you were a web designer, you just did all the things. Yeah. And were like a team of one. But now there are like more roles and especially like more separation between like people who like sometimes now if you're a web designer, um you're not even working in code. You're <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're just working you're just, on the UI in in a tool like Figma. Yeah, um, and then you hand it off to a front end developer. Yeah, and then the front end developer is working with the designer and the back end developer or developers, so that you're kind of there's like kind of three major layers to a website, right? There's, yeah. I mean, things are have sort of changed a bit, but there usually is some sort of data layer, like. There's a database and there's the logic behind how the how the like content in the site is delivered to the front end, right? Yeah. The part that everybody sees. I've kind of gone in between like been a bad designer. Um then <laughs> like I'm really strong on like front end stuff and and sewing sewing the front end to the back end and then like dabbled a little in the back end. That's yeah. kind of my so I've like woven back and forth. But that all kind of started because designing, I worked at this agency, they figured out that if anything broke if they left it on my desk, I would fix it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, you like, you got a curse put on you. Yeah, monitors, hard drives, oh, keyboards, like, all the bro- mice, all the things. They would they would bring it to me and then magically, like, it would work again. I was like a magician. <laughs> so, An unpaid magician. Yeah. And so I had kind of had these two skills as a small child. One was taking things apart to understand how they worked and then putting them back together without having any missing screws, which is like a major accomplishment yeah. to not have missing screws. Um, and I can't I, do the, that now. <laughs> I don't know if I Sorry, can anymore all my either. Ikea furniture. Yeah. yeah. Well, they give you extra. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> That's what I keep telling myself when I put it together. Um, it's, it's weird the number of extra that they give you. It seems high. But yeah, I think the first thing I remember taking apart was this mouse around the clock thing that I had when I was like six years old. And it was this little plastic toy that there was a little plastic puck that looked like a mouse and it would play Hickory Dickory Dock. Hickory Dickory Dock. Um, And the mouse would run down the clock and then the clock would strike 10 and the mouse ran back up again or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Yada, yada. But like what, what was making it go? It just had all these levers and um, gears and stuff that way. Okay. So I took it apart. You know, I, I remember like taking that apart and just being like, oh, OK, like it's not magic. And then took apart my family phone. Luckily, I didn't electrocute myself. Oh, yeah. That's easy yeah. to do with those. Yeah. I've uh, I've blown some stuff up in my life. <laughs> 
Um, and then, you know, like, I don't know, when I was in sixth grade, I had, I still had my old tricycle. So I made this weird skateboard tricycle monster. And then like, a, um, like some sort of Mad Max yeah, tricycle. Exactly. This is very good. Yeah. And so there was this engineering side and my dad was very much an engineering mind kind of guy. He yeah. was always trying to find the next thing to invent some little gadget. He must have been very much inspired by the windshield wiper guy or I don't know, but he would be really annoyed by things and he would want to fix them. You know, that's yeah. totally engineering. There's some people that go, somebody should fix this. And then there's people like me that go, okay. And so I ended up working at Apple as a QA engineer. And yeah, oh. so that's how that started. Well, in a, in a way, that's your job. Quality assurance is yes. like QA. You're, you're in a way kind of trying to break things. <laughs> yeah. You try to break things and you try to understand how they break. Yeah. So we were working on prototype Macs. Sometimes they would come to us on plywood, just like a motherboard nailed to a piece of wood. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> One time, <laughs> Joni I was only going to go up from there for him. <laughs> I was like employee 24,000 something. That's pretty young <laughs> for Apple, you know? So they hired me because I was an expert at the big five Quark, Illustrator, Freehand, PageMaker. Photoshop? Photoshop. Yeah. We tested third party products. So that means we got printers from people. We got tablets from people. We got mice and we got all the software and we would test it on computers that weren't released to the public yet. How fun is that? <laughs> we were really tiny and we merged with our sister group who did all of the multimedia stuff. So oh. they did video, they did audio, they did 3D animation stuff. They did CD-ROM authoring when that was a thing. This musician part of me all of a sudden was in this group of like mu musician pirates, you know? <laughs> and we worked with, way too with hard. With all the most powerful tools that were yeah. available on the market. And we would call places and say, hey, can I have three of those? And, <laughs> and they would say, okay. <laughs> It was amazing. We had all the toys. And yeah, I managed the like educational market, basically, Max, for like all the multimedia products. That's such an interesting arc to think about, too, because you started in music, essentially. You, mm -hmm. were, you were selling music and then you're ultimately at Apple connected with yeah. all these people who are the people who are kind of producing all the music in yeah. the world. And all the beer bashes. So Apple every, was it every week? God, that seems like a lot. <laughs> Um, we had beer bashes. So um, that does seem like a lot. Yeah. A thing with that title. <laughs> there were kegs involved and we always. Jesus. Did the, yeah. Apple was crazy. It's a mystery why the company was failing. Yeah. Um, but our department always did the music. So we would have there'd be multiple bands. I did a band with my friend Ryan and Todd. We were called the Dead Wet Rats because there was um, a foyer between two of the buildings where a rat had died and nobody took care oh, of it. Oh, no. So I ended up photographing it every like few days to kind of watch its decay. Oh, dear God. <laughs> And so we just, called just something to include on the system software CD to show a new QuickTime yeah, feature. Exactly. Oh, the Easter eggs. Yeah, we were the Dead Wet Rats, and that was my first live drumming performance. Was <laughs> 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 it like an apple beer bash? It was crazy. That's incredible. Uh, <laughs> I've kept you here two hours. I know. So I feel like we should probably wrap up. Um, okay. I. <laughs> I'm just going to be thinking about the dead wet rat. 
It's a good band name is the thing. It is. It's very evocative. Alana, uh, if people do want to find you on the internet, how did they do it? I am scattered far and wide across the internet. Yes. It's easy to find me. My name is spelled A-L-A-N-N-A-R-I-S-S-E. Yes. I'm saying yes as though I'm authoritative in the spelling of your name. <laughs> You're much more reliable in that regard. <laughs> Most days, not <Yeah>. all. <laughs> <laughs> but if you look for for those things, I'm alanareese.com. I'm alanareese on the Instagrams. I'm alanareese on the Twitters, although I'm sporadic with the Twitters. That's how you find me. And I have things also for the end of this show. If I, oh, I don't have them written down. Maybe yep, that's another blank. card. Oh, um, here, here's my magic wand. Woo! <laughs> Friends, if you enjoyed this show, again, God help you for doing that. Um, <laughs> why not share it with a friend? Because word of mouth is kind of the best way that people learn about these things. Also, like hop on your podcast device of choice and leave us a review. I cannot tell you how much that actually does mean to me, the human Sean. Leave us a five-star review if you can, if that's an option. But write us a review because that really, really actually does help a lot. I am trying to remember if there's another thing that i need to say in this part and i don't think oh what's up next sean what uh i don't know (laughs) (laughs) oh sorry that's the thing i truly don't know what's up next i also don't know what order these are going to run in if you want to follow the show or learn more about it why not visit us on the internet which is the way that we have the show on the air this is good (laughs) i'm a professional um visit did i do that dot design and you can see the good web page that the service that hosts my podcast auto-generated for me. Aww. I'll make a real website someday when I have time, <laughs> which I won't. Uh, anyway, uh, go visit that website and follow us from there. It's a great service. Sure. This is the last or the first episode of 2022, and I'm clearly very punchy. But this is, did I do that? My name is Sean Schumacher. And as we always say, on this show at the very end. <laughs> yep. That's what we say. We say, we say, yep. Like that guy on the storage wars show. Yep. Did I do that? Yep. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Stupid show. Good God. All right. <laughs> Not even What puns. a good joke. <laughs> uh, Tr- truly the sign of a good joke is if nobody gets, nobody it. gets it and it's part of a two-person conversation. <laughs> I bet there's at least one person listening right now. Hi. Hi. Hi, person who's figured out how to hack into my computer. <laughs> One of the things that Apple with the speech recognition. Oh, yes. Yeah. Speech recognition. Speech recognition. Was that we had to have it playing when we were testing. Yeah. And one of the sound tools, I think this guy Heggie made this tool. It was called. Hi, Ann- Heggie. Hi, Heggie. <laughs> it was called Ann Sullivan. There was no space in the name. When text to speech would read it, it would say A-N-N-E-S-U-L-L-I-D-O-N 2.1.0.
And it was like it was so awesome. It was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Why would that be what it does? It doesn't know where where the words are. That's A N N E S U L L I V A N two point oh point one. That's maybe anytime there's a word that I don't know how to say out loud, I'll do exactly that. <laughs> yep. A L A N N A S S S. You can tell how many times I've heard that because I can say it so well. Yeah, it's trained into you. It, yeah. it lives oh. in a permanent part of your brain. Yeah, just uh, like, hello and welcome to Movie Phone brought to you by KMEL and the San Francisco Chronicle. <laughs> if you know the name of the movie you would like to see, press one now to choose from a list of current movies. <laughs> press two now to find out why a movie has been given its particular rating. Press three now. Make your Wait, choice at any time. Yeah. Why? So. Oh, that was the best because you could you could press it and say this movie has been rated R because of gratuitous violence, blood, <laughs> sex. Like it would just list off all this crazy stuff. 